You're listening to Faith in Action. I'm your host, Matthew Nowlin. And I'm Sean Graham. We lead Conservative Christians of Tennessee, and we are thankful you're listening to the show. Conservative Christians of Tennessee, of course, exists to analyze political policy and politicians in Tennessee, and all from a conservative Christian worldview. To support Conservative Christians of Tennessee in our educational efforts, public policy analysis, and other needed endeavors, you can give a one-time or a recurring gift at patreon.com forward slash Christian. Now, we want to glorify God by helping you to glorify God, so please don't hesitate to send us questions or comments via email. You can reach me directly by emailing Matthew at tnchristian.com or Sean, S-H-A-W-N, remember to spell it right, Sean at tnchristian.com. Our scripture for today comes from Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. Now, it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. We are excited to finally have today's guest on our show. Brandon Lewis is no stranger to conservative politics and has worked on U.S. Senate, U.S. House, state and local races in Tennessee, and has a paid political and fundraising consultant. He is the author of How to Raise Money for Political Office, and his writings have appeared in Campaigns and Elections magazine. Lewis is the founder and publisher of the Tennessee Conservative the Volunteer State's largest conservative news publication and podcast, dedicated to fighting the leftist media in Tennessee while holding Republicans accountable to remember their conservative campaign promises. In his paying day job, Lewis works with hundreds of small business owners across the nation to make them more profitable through group coaching, done-for-you business system, digital services, and purchasing group facilitation. In his free time, Lewis enjoys camping, physical fitness, music, friendship, and attending Calvary Chapel. He is married to his wife, and this is his own words, not mine, uh, his amazing, stunning wife, Kristen, and has two smart, beautiful girls, Sylvia, aged 11, and Ruby, aged 4. Brandon, welcome to Faith in Action. I'm glad to be here. I apologize for being a tad tardy. We've been moving my offices since I've been in since 2009, and I got a little behind, but I'm glad to be here with you all. I'm excited to talk uh, all things conservative politics from a Christian perspective in Tennessee. I'm glad you're here, too, because I know you were sick. You've had the bug. And I'm just glad to see that when you said you, you're moving your offices, you, you weren't COVIDing your offices and shutting them down like some of these other people are talking about. I'm glad to see you guys are persevering. We are persevering. We were laid low at the Lewis household for a while. I did miss one speaking engagement, which is the first I've ever missed, to my knowledge. But I was in no condition to be around humans, <laughs> beast or fowl. So I just stayed at home until I was better, which is what you know most people do with their own common sense That's without right. the government's interference. Yeah, well, well thank you for not giving us uh, avian COVID. <laughs> there's, all, there's a new variety every week. That's right. Every week. So we, uh, we wanted to talk to you about two things primarily in the show today. Uh, the first, obviously, there was a special session, a super duple. $100,000 a day, couldn't wait till January, very critical emergency special session. And I, I, for one, am disappointed. I don't feel like we solved many problems, but we wanted to get your perspective on that. And then the second thing we wanted to talk about, and this is the fun part of the show, because as a conservative and someone who tries to stand on principle and like really even do a lot of work trying to 
make sure that we understand what conservatism is at a base level, you have a rhino report. Mm-hmm. And that just it sounds like so much fun <laughs> to me because, Sean, are there three other people in the state that understand what a rhino is like? No, truly? no, I, a- I think this will be a conversation for just the three of us. Our listeners will just tune out and let us geek out on this one, I think, for a little bit. Well, if you've ever wanted to know what a rhino is, uh, I think this is maybe your best chance ever over the radio airwaves. Yep. <laughs> so, Brandon, our first question for you from a conservative Christian perspective. Was God glorified in the emergency, can't wait till January, super crucial, $100,000 a day special session? Well, if you listen to the Republican establishment, God is glorified whenever anyone who runs for office claims to be a Christian, irregardless of their voting records or actions. Mm-hmm. If you darken the door of a church occasionally, maybe serve on a board of whatever, there's this kind of undercurrent of you shouldn't speak ill of a Christian Republican claiming to be a conservative. But the fact of the matter is, as you flip throughout all of Scripture, the majority of the characters that God decided to inform us about and tell us about their lives are almost exclusively in conflict with culture and typically the establishment, whether it's the religious establishment or if it's the governing authorities. And so as Christians today, as we look at what our state is doing and we'll get into a little bit of this as we discuss the Rhino Report, we will see that God is not glorified very often, but political ambition certainly is. Right. Now, of course, God will use bad things to glorify himself, but we're, of course, speaking from the intentions of people. Am I reading you right? You're saying that a lot of these people don't have the good intentions that they would like us to think that they do. I can't see that they do. So many of the campaign promises that are made, and they're, they're almost the exact same carbon copy campaign promises every time somebody runs for governor, state senate, state rep, alderman, you name it. If you're appealing to a Republican base, and if that is how your district is drawn, you're going to make the same dozen to half dozen campaign promises. The issue is when they get up in Nashville and the time comes to get a bill out of committee that delivers on those campaign promises, the same Republicans that promise to do it are always the ones that kill it before it can ever get to the floor for a vote. And then as we examine where the campaign contributions come from for their candidacy, what we discover is almost all of it, as we uh, revealed in our Follow the Money report, comes from outside of the district, and it comes from left-leaning corporate special interests. And so there's this tremendous conflict in Tennessee between conservative Christian GOP primary voters and the left-leaning corporations that fund Republican leadership in our state. And that is why you see so little being done on the exact same issues over and over again. Brandon, I need to hear you say that clearly so that every one of our listeners hears your words of backing us up because we say this all the time. Just because you're running as a Republican doesn't mean you're conserving anything, right? Yeah, there is a great psychographic similarity in people that run for office. And I tend to refer to them because I've worked on campaigns for so long as class president types. If their district was drawn as a Whig district or a communist district or a socialist district or a Green Party district, they are going to tell people that that's what they think and they're going to run because that's the only way they can run unless they move to somewhere that reflects their values. But if they don't have deeply held values, it really doesn't matter one way or the other. When you run for office, you're supposed to run to represent the will of your constituents. That's it. I mean, your opinion is, you know, in a democracy is kind of beside the point. You listen to your constituents, and then you cast your vote. 
But the thing we have a problem with is this conflict between where the money comes from, where the votes come from, and then there's one other big conflict. And that is if you are going to climb up the Republican leadership ladder in Tennessee and be on a committee or be a whip or a majority leader or a lieutenant governor, you pretty much have to abandon the wishes of your constituency in order to climb. So between the money issue of the left-leaning corporations funding Republican leadership in our state and the inability to advance politically, if you do hold the values of your constituency that are conservative, we end up in a situation where only a very small handful of super committed conscience-driven conservatives remain in our legislature, and they are the holdouts. They don't get committee appointments. They don't get the massive PAC donors, but the ones at the top that do the bidding of kind of the left-leaning corporations, they're the ones that sin in Tennessee. Talk to us about those left-leaning corporations, because I don't know that a lot of people have an idea who are they and what do they get from it? Oh gosh, it's like the best deal of the century. <laughs> you go up to Nashville, right? Let's say that you are. We'll pick a few players here. Is Ford one of the left-wing yeah, players? Yeah, we'll go through some of this. So you say that you're a woke NFL owner of a team. You're a millionaire, a billionaire, and you pay 10, 15 lobbyists, 100, $200,000, one of which might be the wife of the finance chairman in the Senate, and you pay them a few hundred thousand dollars to go and beg your Republican leadership for billions of dollars so that you as a middle-class taxpayer can subsidize the millionaires and billionaires who want to build a stadium. And I bet only three to 2% of all Tennesseans will ever set foot inside that place. And they're the same folks that do not share any conservative values that would uh, quickly indoctrinate your children in order to get on the woke agenda. They are the people who kneel at the national anthem. And these are our quote-unquote conservative Republicans that vote for this stuff. Another case in point is Ford Motor Company. We gave them billions of dollars in another quote-unquote extraordinary emergency session, as if giving away tons of corporate welfare could not be done during regular session. And they immediately, once they received the promise of that money, began lobbying lawmakers to mask Tennesseans involuntarily in their workplaces. Further, they are the same corporation that was completely opposed to Georgia's voter integrity initiative, asserting themselves in politics there. And then finally, you know, we are giving them billions of dollars to prop up a failed electric vehicle division. Mm -hmm. Ford Motor Company has lost billions of dollars last year alone. And we are throwing more more money at this Green New Deal stuff from Republicans. And it just doesn't make any sense. I thought Republicans were not supposed to pick winners and losers. We were supposed to be the free market people, but that doesn't seem to be the case here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it really boils down to the Republican Party has become the preserver of the status quo. They're not even going to necessarily fight those who would attack the status quo, but they are not going to change the status quo. Is that a good definition of what they've become and what their, maybe not their published platform is, but what their actual platform seems to be? I would say that. Most Republicans in leadership in our state, they're not conservatives, they're corporatists. They want to attract, subsidize, and pay large corporations with taxpayer handouts to come here and do whatever it is that they want to do. For example, and I think one of them that probably just rubbed me the worst because there's so many independent restaurateurs in the state of Tennessee that provide so much sure. employment for you know probably hundreds of thousands of people. Well, they gave Whataburger. Millions of dollars to build a corporate headquarters in Tennessee. And I'm thinking if I have been slinging hamburgers for 25 years 
And all of a sudden, I watch my government take my tax revenue in order to subsidize my competition. I mean, I think that would bother me. And we don't need to be subsidizing business in Tennessee at taxpayer expense any more than we need to be subsidizing woke education that indoctrinates kids completely contrary to conservative values. Now, we need to be concerned about corporatism. And I think a lot of our boomer audience might see an opposition to corporatism as some sort of communism or of socialism. But corporatism is very closely aligned, correct me if I'm wrong, with, with fascist ideology, because you have a merger of government and business that evolves into asserting authority over people's lives. Is corporatism similar to fascism in that way, or am I way off base? I don't know. I do not consider myself to be some fantastic political philosopher. <laughs> people get tired of hearing me say this. I focus on what's going on in the state of Tennessee, and I take a look at it through a uh, kind of just this unvarnished lens of what are they doing? Not right. What are they saying? Yeah. That's kind of interesting. But what are they doing? When they get an opportunity yeah. to vote, how do they vote? Yeah. And the problem is you've got big government and big business are completely in bed with one another in Tennessee. And the conservative voter gets really taken advantage of consistently and constantly. And the only thing that is probably their saving grace is that they're so low information, they don't know it. And I like how you've said this many times before about how you just report on what you're seeing. And I I like your news format and how you have the seven highlights of the week and all that kind of thing that you, you really bring that out. And you do provide a rock solid news source on these items. One of the things that you've produced, and we love it, is the Rhino Report, the Republican and name-only report that you guys are pushing out every year. But he's put out, not just you're talking about rhinos themselves, people who are pretending to be rhinos or conservative, you're talking about Tuskers. What's a tough Tusker? So the Rhino Report, which you can download at Rhino, and that's spelled R-I-N-O, and that is for Republican in name only, R-I-N-O, report.net. Now listen. The H in Rhino is silent because it stands for honesty. (laughs) What we essentially did, we simply look at the legislative session in Tennessee, in the Senate and the House. We watched the bills come into committee. For those of you who have watched a little bit too much maybe of reporting or Hollywood, you would think that everything that happens that's important happens on the House floor, and there's these big epic votes and these big, huge conversations. But in Tennessee... The bills that are actually going to make it in front of committee typically get assigned in closed-door meetings by leadership. Those closed-door meetings result in whatever bills are going to pass through committee. And then the committee gets together, and it's kind of like this perfunctory vote that's already been determined. And then a handful of the bills that the corporately funded leadership want to actually get passed make it to the floor. Well, the problem comes because people start asking for roll call votes on these votes that are really conservative. And we can get into some of those votes that will just blow your audience's hair back. And what we see is that even though people campaign that they are really for X, Y, or Z, when they get an opportunity to vote for it, they abstain, block it, or won't even give it a second. And so we simply go through all the votes that conservatives would care about in the last session And we just tell you how your elected officials vote. And at the end of that session, we give awards for like the five biggest rhinos, the five most conservative folks. And then we have a conservative of the year in both the House and the Senate. And then we also have a rhino of the year in the House and Senate. And we have a few folks that we recognize in the state that run grassroots or advocacy groups that have really done a great job. And we don't have very many effective, large advocacy groups, and none of them are well-funded. Oh, no, they're not. And it's amazing how difficult it is to get funding in the state. And typically, you know, the groups that have funding to operate 
independently, it's not coming from many people. It's a few people that really put their money where their mouth is who we're thankful for. I wish we had some of them. Uh, again, folks, that's patreon.com forward slash T and Christian. If you would like to support our efforts, let's go over the Rhino report. I want to make sure that we focus on the Tuskers, but oh, who's yeah. the top I'm sorry, I, didn't, I, didn't, I did not answer your question. We call it the tough tusk award. And if you think about a pachyderm or an elephant, they have a thing called a pachyderm club as a national organization. It's an elephant, which is the representative of the Republican party. A tough tusk award goes to someone who can take the slings and arrows from the corporately funded media in Tennessee. We're Tennessee's only conservative news outlet that's exclusively focused on the volunteer state. We used to have the Tennessee star that did a little bit of uh, reporting, but now you might get an article or two out of them a week, and it's typically just a rewrite because they've spread themselves so thin over other states. But nonetheless, these people are constantly being assailed if mm -hmm. they're truly conservative, not only from the media in our state, which if you look at all the advertisement for your broadsheets, TV shows, it's Pfizer, it's Moderna, it's Coca-Cola, it's Target, it's all these woke corporations are funding the vast majority of the advertisers at all of these stations. That's where the money comes from. And so these poor Republicans that are truly Republicans, like follow the platform, Republicans get attacked by them all the time. And then they also get attacked by rhino leadership, who basically puts them in a situation of political obscurity up in Nashville. And some of your true conservatives in Nashville have about the same amount of power and respect as like a, a Justin Jones or Gloria Johnson from the Republican leadership standpoint. In fact, they probably look at them as more dangerous because they actually represent conservative ideology. But anyway, so the Rhino Report. So a few things like we went through a few votes. I'm just going to share a few of those with you. If you're out there and if you're a conservative, do you think non-U.S. citizens or illegal aliens should have professional licenses in Tennessee? Most people would say no. But Governor Lee, Shane Reeves, Randy McNally, Curtis Johnson, Pat Marsh, Ken Yeager, wow. Lundberg, Jeremy Faison, and Michelle Keringer all voted for it. And it's passed. It's law. We did have a state that had a law that would actually allow local law enforcement officials to stop mass transportation. That was killed by then Mike Bell, Todd Gardenhire, and John Stevens. And then we had another one that would have stopped taxpayer funding of education for illegal aliens. I mean, it's a huge expense. Every time somebody shows up here, it costs the yeah. taxpayer $12,000. We need to have a conversation about this, especially when only a third of kids in Tennessee schools can read at grade level or do math or do biology. And the parents are unhappy and the boards won't listen. And we're trying to teach kids that can't read or write in a classroom where we're teaching kids that can't even speak the language at all. And we've got limited resources. So we had a, a bill that would do that. That was killed by Mark White and yeah. Kirk Haston and Chris Hurt. Uh, we had another just very simple E-Verify bill that was killed by Republicans. So when you look at almost every Republican that runs for office, like, oh, we stand for legal immigration. Well, legal immigration is not just a federal issue. If you turn off the magnets for welfare, free perks, and employment, and if you stop the mass transportation, we can make Tennessee not very friendly to people that want to break yeah, our laws right. and come here. However, and they drive out the Republicans who support those things. They sure do. Griffey was huge. Huge. On that. We had him on the show to talk to him about his bill, for example, that would have taxed money going out of Tennessee back to Mexico. Yep. That would have turned the magnet. That would have made Tennessee way less attractive. And man, Cameron Sexton rhinoed him. I mean, he took his rhino tusk and oh, went yeah. after him. Yeah, Bruce Griffin was that? one of the best we had, and I hated to see him leave. You're absolutely right. 
in the allies with the rhinos and the Democrats in this are the Tennessee Business Roundtable and the Tennessee Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Now, not every little chamber of commerce that is in Tennessee, especially small rural areas, has these same ideologies. But most of your ones in your larger metro areas, they tried to get all their members to sign a pledge basically saying that our area was systemically racist. And that's from the CEO of the Chattanooga Chamber of Commerce. Wow. And then you've got, you know, places like Knox, uh, Davidson, Shelby, uh, and then a lot of your kind of mid-sized markets, they're very liberal. And so it's just amazing. If there's any other topics you want to talk about. Well, I think Matthew and I really want to discuss one of our reps here, John Gillespie, and you put him on the top five this year. What did it take for John Gillespie to finally reach that top plateau as a rhino? And tell us a little bit, do these guys ever listen to this and make changes from it? When you, when you put this brand upon them, do they ever pay attention? Or is it once a rhino, always a rhino? Are you elected to be a rhino from before the foundations of the world? <laughs> well, I believe that, that rhinos were predestined by God. I'm just joking. <laughs> so, for example, Mark White is out of Memphis area and was completely against any type of school choice for kids. And I understand the conservatives, there are two camps. There are people that want school choice, and then there are people that are so afraid that if the government ever gives a penny to homeschooling or private schools, that they will ruin the only educational opportunities that are left for kids in Tennessee. That the government's you know, corrupt nature and inability to do anything complicated in a service environment will bleed over into the last you know, refuge for kids to actually get a quality education. So Mark White was completely opposed. And it bothers me because my dad couldn't read or write. He'd never been to school. We were exceptionally poor, poor. We were a DHS visit away from me not living with either of my parents, even though they loved me. Our conditions were just intolerable. And I watched these kids that are stuck in these failing schools, and the politicians won't do anything about it. Well, one case in point was Mark White, and we kept going after him. I'm like, well, why is Cameron Sexton appointing somebody that's anti-school choice? And this is his choice. Sexton gets to pick him, so obviously he's in the same boat. Well, he switched his vote. Todd Gardenhire, same thing, switched his vote. We kept going after him for being a rhino, and he's the one that kept the Judiciary Committees closed so that we didn't have any nonsense in this special session. So, Gillespie, legislation that counteracts Tennessee's mature minor doctrine. Essentially, what that means is if your school, for some reason, wants to vaccinate your kid or even a medical service provider, the mature minor doctrine, which was being pushed inaccurately by the state of Tennessee's health department, which is a group of people I wouldn't take health advice from, if you're like the last people in the state, he voted against that. He thinks that either your school or a private physician without your knowledge should be able to do whatever they want to your minor child without your permission. That's one thing he voted against that was a conservative win that we actually got turned over. And you can go to rhinoreport.net and get this. Here's another one. Legislation protects teachers' right to refuse the student's preferred pronoun. If you are a student in a classroom and you're like, I want to be referred to as a toaster oven or a game of backgammon or a goat or whatever it is today that we think we are that we're not, like teachers don't have to call you she, shim, they, them. Like they don't have to. Well, John Gillespie thinks you should have to. If a kid tells you that I'm something and you got to change the English language, then, you know, we need to do that. And there are a few others in here, but he just continued to crop up over and over and over again. And we've got some others that are in our state. You know, so many of the voter scorecards are very formulaic. And many years ago, representatives and senators began to figure out how they could score well on these scorecards from various organizations, essentially procedurally, but just be terrible. How much of your Rhino report is formulaic and how much of that is discernment? I would hate to have to do scoring. 
I don't even want to think about mm-hmm. it. It's too complicated to me. What we do in our reports is we simply go, here are maybe 20 or 30 critically important conservative votes, typically either an opportunity to fix something that's bad or to make something better. How did the people vote in committee on those bills? And when we start looking at all the votes, if you show up multiple times on things that are broadly accepted from Republican primary voters, and if your face shows up like over and over again in a session, it's subjective. My whole thing is I don't go after everybody. I try to recognize the best and we try to call attention to the worst in the hope that everybody else in the middle will find their conscience and will simply vote the way they have told their conservative primary voters that they will. And I have seen some significant backpedaling and some changing of directions. And of that, I am happy. You know, we're a Christian group. We want to see repentance. And a lot of these guys think the conservatives badger them, but it's because they never change. So the same behavior generates the same response. But what you're saying is that there are some folks who change. So that is good and it's encouraging. And as a reminder to our listeners to pray for the representatives, for their senators, and also for the groups that bring their darkness to light, essentially. So I want to thank you for what you do at Tennessee Conservative. Make sure that our listeners know you said Rhino Report. Yes. If you want to get the Rhino Report, you can go to rhinoreport.net. It's R-I-N-O-R-E-P-O-R-T.net. But our flagship website, which is a long URL, but it tells you everything you need to know, is tennesseeconservativenews.com. So tennesseeconservativenews.com. And if you look for Tennessee Conservative News, primarily our biggest platform is Twitter. It used to be Facebook, but we have been shadow banned on there and they do not let our audience grow any longer. And you so, too? <laughs> yes, yes. But Twitter has been pretty good to us. And we are also Gab Getter, Truth, Me, We Rumble, all those places. We're there as well. But most of your conservatives in Tennessee are truly on one platform, Facebook. We're about to run out of time, but I want our listeners to hear about the conservative class on politics that you guys are hosting. Yes. If you're running for office, please do visit conservativecandidatesacademy.com, conservativecandidatesacademy.com. We're having a training on September 23rd in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we will have speakers on fundraising, general strategy, social media, direct mail, voter turnout, defeating incumbents, you name it. I did this for years before I retired and got into a different industry until COVID got me back into it. But one reason that most conservative candidates lose, it doesn't have anything to do with their convictions. It has to do with the fact that they lack the campaign Mm -hmm. experience that a paid consultant would have. And they think because they've been around politics, that's the same as running a winning campaign. And the two are as far as the East is the West. So, folks, make sure to visit again, TennesseeConservativeNews.com, RhinoReport.net. That's going to do it for another episode of Faith in Action. And remember that on TNChristian.com, we have links to past shows, articles about current events affecting Tennessee and all the Mid-South region. If you want to support our work, be sure to visit Patreon.com forward slash TNChristian. And until next week, remember, the Lord has promised in the book of Exodus, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. Mm-hmm.